Hello, folks, and welcome to another fine episode of The Wandering Wolf. Broadcasting this fine summer's afternoon from an undisclosed location here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Why undisclosed, you might ask? Well, it's a simple precautionary measure. I don't want one of you fuckers coming over here and stabbing me up with an icicle. It's the middle of the summer, Dungeon. How would I procure an icicle? Well, I don't want to know what kind of feeble-minded psycho killer I have listening on the other side of this line cultivating icicles in his freezer just for the purpose of coming over here. Sorry, I have a prosthetic bottom lip that is slugging. Hold on. Oh, yes, that's much preferable. In just a moment, I'm going to head it back over to Mr. Wolf. But before I do, I'd like to introduce myself to you people. I am Dungeon Goliath. I've been announcing softball for con sweeters for many, many years. Incidentally, this is my first time in the microphone recording studio. Oh, it's more or less the same game. Hop, the lip is going again. That's better. Mr. Wolf, any words for the people? Yes, sir. Well, um, for those of you not from Cincinnati or not, if you're not softball fans, uh, Mr. Goliath has been doing the announcing and I think also some like behind the scenes stuff, right? Yeah, I do some unofficial officiating. Yes, and uh, he's been doing it since I was a little kid. I can remember... Oh, well before that, Mr. Wolf. Sorry, when, how long you been doing it? Well, I gave my first play-by-play in 1952. No, you you not, you can't. Oh, yeah. Oh, the left breast is giving milk, and here we come. Oh, the right breast is giving milk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 63. Gotcha. I remember slavery. You what? Oh, yes. The North American softball. Announcers, you do. <laughs> believe me, NASA certainly was in outer space. I hope and pray you caught a better check than Uncle Butthusher. Yeah, I'll give you what I can, but I can't make any promises. For now, you're pro bono like a U2 fan, all right? Ha! That's a good one. Look, I'm just happy to be out of that hot box. That's what your mom's ex husband said. <laughs> You just watch it, Mr. Wolf. No. For, for those of you who don't know, uh, Ray Husher, Uncle Mutt Husher. He's a uh, cheap is, son of a bitch. Uh, nickname, I guess, uh, is the uh, president and has been for years and years and years of uh, NASA, uh, Nas- uh, North American Softball Association. So anyway, I, I'm, I'm hoping to be able to afford to have Donjamin uh, here from time to time uh, to announce the show. And me, uh, as, but let's... And, and me as well, Mr. Wolf. I've known Yanni since he was just a tiny little tater tot. Yoni, it's Yoni. That's what I said. Okay, anyway, let's move on. On the show today, our guest is is a very special guy, uh, Mr. James McNew. He's been doing this music shit since I was in short pants. I'm still in short pants right now, but, you know, when I was in short pants and really young, um... You know, he was at the forefront of the whole indie rock scene, you know, right as that was happening in the, I don't know, late 80s, early 90s. I don't know, what is that, fucking 60 years ago? Jesus Christ, how time flies. Um, like an eagle soaring through space. So, here we are. I, I don't I don't think I really need to preface it too much, other than I, I, 
wrote a couple notes I wanted. Right, we, we talk about Joe a lot. Joe Puglio uh, is Yola Tango's tour manager and also has tour managed us. And I've become good friends with Joe. Uh, let's see. Dump is James's solo project. Uh, and it's fucking sick. pretty good doing a lot of yoga a lot of bike riding trying to stay in a uh, healthy state of mind and you know stay mobile living like a, a shark trying to stay alive keep moving gotta keep moving i sent some records some y records my band to mark Marin last week uh who runs the wtf podcast one of the my main inspirations of why why i started a podcast in the first place um, and, you know, I, I didn't really hear back from him. I didn't expect to. So I tweeted at him and asked him if he got the records. And, you know, he said he would he would listen to him when he got back from, from being out of town. And, you know, so here I am just waiting, waiting for the approval of some guy I don't know. But, but that's become a thing for me, I think, is like there's I'll pinpoint someone who I think is really you know, on the on the money with what they do and then kind of obsessed about wanting to, to uh, connect with that person. And it just goes into the... It, to that same thing within me that always feels like a stranger and wants to connect to people. It's just a part of that. And some desire to be respected or something. It's stupid. Really, you just got to keep your... keep your head down and keep, keep moving, keep doing your work, keep your... what is it? Keep your nose in the air and your dick in a book. Something like that. Are you, are you, uh... That's nice. Are you rolling with laptop right now or just doing... No, 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 I'm, I'm just, I'm just... They're, they're actually using, they're using, uh, uh, keyboard of ours. And we're, we're old, old pals. And, uh... Yeah. I, so I, I, I made them, I made them, uh, let me sit in with them tonight. Got it. Singing and doing electronic duties. Have you, have you, uh played with them other times in the past yeah. uh, every once in a while you kind of tons of times i've played bass for them a few times which was hard as hell because as it turns out uh the bass players that have been in land shop like seriously knew how to play bass and it turned out i didn't nashville guys <laughs> but like just lifers i mean like just, yeah. just naturally amazing bass players yeah like it's like man i don't know anything i remember like like <laughs> stop it i remember learning um learning their set in like uh, ninety five or ninety six for a show, uh-huh. and like I was like, "What have I gotten myself into?" It's like for one show, you for had one to show, learn, I, had, I had learned like twelve songs. And yeah, so I was like, "Oh no, like, I can't, do, I can't do <laughs> yeah. this." And like, yeah, I learned a ton about playing bass just from trying to learn those songs and like try, try to figure out like where those guys were coming from. What styles? I, I, I it's just, it's what, just, listening to their records, I can't really see. I mean, it's not, it's not simple. 
super simple, but it doesn't seem. I mean, for somebody like you, it doesn't seem crazy hard. It's heavy, subtle, like like okay. The 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 guy who plays with him now, Matt Swanson, is even a more intensified version of the guy who played who who preceded him in Lamb Chop. This guy uh, named Buddy, okay, who was no last name, just, just... no Buddy T. Okay, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was he was just a dynamite bass player, like like this sort of like almost like old like kind of muscle shoals kind of like yeah. late 60s early 70s like like Memphis area type player uh-huh um just deep white and, guy or black like, guy white guy okay and like ah oh man I remember like just trying to learn his stuff because I had seen them play you know a thousand times and we had toured with them and then all of a sudden when I had to step in to his position it's like holy shit like, and you, what has and this guy did, been doing did you feel the need to play his lines verbatim I did because they meant a lot to me. Yeah, and it's like I want to, I want to try to do this. I want to try to, I want to. I mean, there's there's lots of times when I step in and like fill in for somebody where I want it to be like just transparent, right? And just all of a sudden, it's like, oh wow, it's like there's all the bass lines, but there's a right. whole other guy like playing everything like See, note for note. This is something that I've always so much appreciated about you and your playings and your and your style in general. As a human, you're, you're, uh, you seem extremely humble, and you don't have that, that crazy ego that some players have. <laughs> you're, you're a virtuosic player, and yet you don't feel the need to whip your dick out all the time. Um, you, you keep it, you, 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 you serve the song, and you understand that concept. And that's, that's such an important thing that's, that so many good players can tend to oversee there's a time and a place for the dick but yeah. uh and uh and you can use that quote you can use that as a, as a <laughs> you can use that as a quote if, when you're when you're trying to sell for uh good good yeah for like a franchise or if you want to try to get this like <laughs> right. broadcast picked up yeah. that's a t-shirt right there yeah. um uh i guess i mean i mean yolo tango is like really super a band like we do kind of everything as a band and like write songs as a band and kind of record and mix and master as a band and everything and and I'm 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 really used to it and I'm I really like it and I really like I really am at home with those two in in like you know in a family type way like like just just they're just the people I feel safest with in the world and and uh and I I'm not and you know similarly I like I like doing stuff by myself too and yeah. um and with other people I like fucking with lamb chop tonight uh like over the past couple of years i've been involved with like maybe 10 records that have come out in like in like the past hit in like the past year and a half or two years or so just a bit kind of new york bands yeah. yeah like I, I played on i played on lp's album cool. and killer mike's album uh -huh. and uh i did a, i played like drums of all things on that uncluded record with Ace Rock and Kimya Dawson okay. made, and uh, how's and I, that, man? I need to hear that. It's, it's great. It, it's re it's real that. cool. It's super weird. Yeah. Um, in a way, I would expect it to be no less weird than it, I'm sure it is. It's 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 crazy, but like, but it's great. I really think that like the two of them together force each other into these kind of new, surprising to them moves. Yeah. That like all of a sudden, like, I mean, there's no there's no there's like barely any beats on that record, like uh -huh. barely any, you know, including 
the drum like the, I mean the, the the drum thing that I did was more like a black flag okay ripoff and uh, and the, my drumming not the song. But yeah, all of a sudden, it just it just it presents him in such an unusual space. It's kind of moving. Yeah, and, and I, I, I feel like I always hear him so sort of angsty and dark. Yeah, on some dark beats, it would be cool to hear him on, on something. I mean, that's what I that's what I, that's something something that I love about about him and and his rhymes and L's rhymes is that like as like dark and you know kind of introspective or like you know paranoid as they get. There's still something about him that's really funny. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, like, like there is like that kind of smile every, like yeah. every once in a while that just makes it so human to me and, and so smart and something that I could just really, really relate to. I, that just, it's just always. What, so, so, you know, this is something that I'm dealing with nowadays in my life is, is, is attempting to be more collaborative with stuff. And, you mm-hmm. know, you, you have a, a, a trio with Yola. And I feel like any more people, and you can't really be all in like that, right? Wouldn't you say, like, that three's kind of, like, the limit on, on sort of tr- true egalitarian partnership? I don't know. I mean, I disagree. It, in a way, it's kind of all I've ever known. Yeah. So, I'm not sure. I mean, I, you know, I've, like, 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 tonight, for example, I've been, like, a temporary part of a bigger group before. And, and that's just kind of like, you know, going to a party. I guess I mean more like in serious, like recording and writing, yeah, writing especially. I don't know. I, I can definitely see where it would kind of like be like too many people in a Chaotic boat. In a boat, in a kinda, yeah. <laughs> did it take a, a while to learn that, um, or did you just uh, can't come up playing in bands and writing in bands? Like, did you have to learn that kind of collaboration, or was it something that you were already dealing with? I learned it definitely. Um, before I was in in before I was in Yellow Tango, I played in a band called Christmas, which was um, you know kind of a similar situation, three piece band uh, that I that I loved, but I wasn't in that band for very long, and we wrote an album together, and then the band the band uh, kind of dissolved, and I went to Yellow Tango, and the other two formed that band Combustible Edison. Yeah, and uh, I, I Joe Joe Puglio told yeah. me about this. Is kind of that's when you, where I met, when you met Joe. That's when I met Joe. Joe was Joe was traveling, driving and roadieing for for Christmas. Yeah, in eighty seven, eighty eight, I guess, and that's when I met Joe because I used to go see that band all the time. And you were like a young punk, I was just a pup that yeah. somehow got yourself hooked up with that I was job. A, I, was, I had a fanzine. I was a I was a jerk kid with a fanzine after I dropped out of college. And, uh, You're in Virginia at the time. In Virginia, Charlottesville, working in a parking lot, and uh, and I I saw you in that movie, by the way. I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> yeah. My mom saw the movie. I have, I have not seen it. It's interesting, actually. I I I, I can't bring myself to watch it <laughs> yeah. for, for a variety of reasons. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, I, and I had a fanzine, and and uh, at first it was like a like an artsy fartsy fanzine because I was doing it with some other friends of mine, and that's what they wanted. And I liked music, and I liked I liked music, and, and wanted to write about that and so I started writing about records and, and interviewing bands and Christmas was one of the first bands that I interviewed because I I was crazy about that band and yeah that's how we met I just we, we hit it off and did an interview and stayed in touch 
and um, they knew that I was like making music on my own and using a four track when I was a kid, and uh -huh. and and, uh, and I would like send them a tape every once in a while when I would do something, and and they were always like really encouraging. Like they would they would like write me back and like say, oh yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and, like that made me feel like like a hundred feet tall. I was right, like, oh right. my god, it's like that's amazing, and like uh, and it just kept me. It just made me do it more and, and yeah. try harder and try try weirder stuff and try anything and then just one day they called me and asked me it's like hey do you want to come help us write some songs wow. and i was gone i was like i think before before the phone, before call the phone hit before it hit before <laughs> yeah. the phone hit like the cradle i was already like <laughs> yeah like, gotta go and uh Man, yeah that was it that must have been exhilarating it was the most exciting moment and of you, my life yeah. you went into that into that band Writing with them the whole nine yards, cold on bass, I, and I was not a bass player. Right, right, right. I was a, I was a guitar player. Yeah, that's what Joe said. Yeah, that's like, nuts. I used Michael's brother's bass because I did not have one. And touring and everything. <laughs> no, to I would say no touring. Like we, I think we may have played like two shows in a row. That may okay. have been the closest to touring that wow. we ever did. Wow. Like we only, we only played like a handful of times while I was in the group. And they were. You said they were in Boston. Is that right? They were in Boston originally. Okay. Moved to Las Vegas. Oh. And shit. lived in Vegas for a couple of years. Then returned east to uh, Providence, Rhode Island, and that's where. Well, I, I actually lived in Vegas with them and Joe. Okay. Uh, for a month or two at the end of 1989 wow. and then uh, moved back east with them in 90 and lived in Providence for 90 and 91 and then how did you depart from them uh well things for Christmas were were not optimal they were signed to uh, this label IRS records you might know them from the police and REM oh, well, and okay. all that stuff. Yeah. Well, those days were long gone. Right. And at this time, they had uh, the money maker was uh, Dread Zeppelin. Oh, you could look that what, up. What like a reggae Led Zeppelin cover band? You see, you figured it out right away. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Dread Zeppelin. Play something for me, boys. That's good. It's got that reggae feel, like I like. You know. They just right. really weren't interested in what we were doing. And we made a record for them that was rejected, got dropped, and like had this record that was finished. Didn't know what to do with it. Michael and and Michael and Liz, I think I think were were really pretty disappointed. I mean, I was just a, a puppy at that point. I right. was like, come on, let's 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 do something. Let's, right. let's do anything. And and so we weren't really playing. And we were living in Providence. I had two jobs. One where I would open the coffee shop at the Providence train station, like the Amtrak station, at 5 o'clock in the morning oh. every day. And then uh, I would work at a record store at night, which was really fun. That was a really fun job. A coffee shop job wasn't that much no, fun. No, that sounds awful. Although occasionally I would, see, uh, I would see Tiny Tim come through, because he lived in, I think, Warwick, Rhode Island? Ro Warwick, Rhode Island? Or okay. Cranston. But he would be constantly taking the train down to... New York to be on the Howard Stern radio show. Right, right. So I would see Tiny like That's at the station every once in a while, and I was under orders to call Joe anytime. Every time, it's like if you see to. Tiny, call me. And like <laughs> yeah. I would call, and then I would see Joe running into the station. Um, <laughs> true story. Uh, oh my god. So, but anyway, like when we weren't playing, there was like it was like what am I doing here? <laughs> it's like this. I mean. Without the band, this this kind of sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm living in this smelly apartment, and I 
don't, too I don't much. sleep. I'm up before the sun comes up yeah. every day for nothing. And like, it's like if I'm not going to be in a band, I don't think I want to be here anymore. I'm so happy, oh, happy, lucky me. And like, my parents were like, you know, you you could go back to college. And yeah. Like, I mean, I had started going back to school. That was uh, in Providence. No, no, in Virginia. Right, right as I got the call. Oh, okay. To, right as got I got you. the call to join Christmas. Yeah. Uh, I had been, I had finally decided, you know, I think I'm going to try, I'm going to make a go of the school thing again. How old are you at that point? Like 22, 23 22. Okay. Um, I dropped out of college in the middle of my first year. Uh, it was a, a washout and uh, started going back to community college and studied uh, Japanese language. Oh, wow. And I loved it. And all of a sudden it was like, hey, I'm good at school again, like I was when I was six years old. And right. Like, and, uh... Then you got the call. Loved it. And, like, like did great at community college. They, like, my teacher there recommended me for, like, this intensive summer school program at the University of Virginia. I took that and, like, nailed it. And, like, I was, like, a total, like, teacher's pet, like, apple polisher. Uh-huh. Like, just, just down. And I was really, I was good. I was, like, really good at school for one, like, for one, as an adult for the first time ever. And, like... My professor was going to recommend me to, like, take classes part-time at UVA. My parents were, like, thrilled. And then I got the call to be in a rock band. Right. And I was like, you know, I, I, I got I to do this. Were your parents pissed? They they were, like, shockingly supportive. Oh, good. I don't know how... It's still... You know, parents I, I still want, can't comprehend how, like... want you to be happy. Yeah. You know? I mean, they knew that... I mean, they knew that that's all I ever thought about. And, yeah. Like, I had been obsessed with music since I was a little kid and like I think they saw it as like well you know you're you're still young you give it a shot yeah like, if you fail you can always go back yeah. to school and there was definitely like I'm, you know I remember my dad the only time my dad ever wrote me a letter in my whole life uh, was like around the time where, where I, I had told him you know I'm not really sure how long I'm going to stay here and he was you know he just wrote me the, this really beautiful letter about like how I, I he was happy that I had that I had taken that shot yeah and uh come on back home yeah and he was like you know if you want to come back home you know come on yeah I mean if you if you it's up to you kind yeah. of thing it was like you know you know your mom and I would be real happy if you right. went if you went back to school but it's your thing and like that was so amazing what, what happened did you did, did you try um, to do that amazingly enough during like the Christmas downtime uh, Gil Tango played a show in Providence, and as they did a few times when, just the, when, just when the I lived two there. Of them? No, they were three. They were three pieces three at pieces. that point. Okay. At that point, they were three piece. Uh, and uh, who, was, who was the bass player? Uh, was just, uh, Gene Holder. Okay. Who was a legendary bass player and record producer? He was in the okay. band. That, he was in the band the DBs. Okay. And uh, he produced the Fake Book album and uh, President Gil Tango. Okay. And may I sing with me also? Um, and he he played bass in that band for for on and off for like a couple of years in in Yola Tango and uh, but but you know they they were friends with like Ira and Georgia were friends with with Michael and Liz and Christmas and and anytime they would play in Providence we'd all go out to eat or or we'd all Joe would make spaghetti or something and so you had met all, them yeah over yeah, the, yeah, those, yeah. those couple of years you were with I was a fan Christmas. and and I had I had met them several times as just as friends and. Uh, and they were saying, you know, oh, we, you know, we got this, we got all these shows coming up, and we have no idea who's going to be in our band. It's just, you know, like the shows are in a month, and and we have no clue what's going on. And I had like a 
mouthful of food. And I was like, like I'll do it. I was, I was like, I'll do it. Yeah. And then, and that was it. Like, it just hung in the air, and then the rest of the evening went on. And then, like, a couple days later, I think Georgia called me. She's like, hey, uh, did you mean that? Do you want to come play with us? Like, yeah, sure I do. Wow. And, and so, yeah, so I started, I, I, like, drove down from Providence to Hoboken for, like, a few weekends, and we practiced all day, and, 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 uh... It felt right? Yeah, it did. We, we mostly just... We mostly just talked about, like, TV shows oh. and stuff, and it was just, like, the TV show SCTV. Oh, yeah. Was I a, love that. That was a real formative thing yeah. for a lot of the people in my life. It seems okay, like it okay. seems like a lot of us were watching it all at the same I time. I grew up with that, because yeah. my dad was really into it. That was amazing. But a lot of the people that I'm really close to now, those we were all watching that yeah. show at the same time. That and, was, uh, like, the better Saturday Night Live. Oh, without a doubt. But not, it, was, it was its own universe. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was mostly what we talked about, cool. like, like when we first got together, and 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 we had a lot in common. We had a lot of a lot of musical loves in common, and and I really liked those practices. And and right as we were, we we did like a a short, like two and a half week tour through like kind of the Midwest and the East Coast, and um, in the spring of 1991, I think Ira said like you know it's just going to be the three of us normally we would have somebody to come with us and help us drive and and pack and it's like hey i know somebody so so, so, how you got joe so we brought joe down with us so yeah. joe came along in the, in the trade and uh so me and joe hooked up in the trade is it is that baseball terms yes yeah. baseball terms. <laughs> <laughs> all you guys are baseball heads too no pretty much i'm, I'm more of a basketball guy okay but, okay but, but yeah i grew up baseball as well cool man and then so and then on that's what you've been doing you did <laughs> the cycle the record the tour yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I wholly recommend pursuing collaborations. I, yeah. I think that you find out what you can do and what you want to do. It's 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 really great. I yeah. mean, well, it's kind of like it's like that Aesop Rock thing we were talking about, where it's like, you know, I, I found out a couple years ago in this group called Man Forever, which was a, a project related to the band uh, Oneida. Yeah, and it was just this. It was like this drone group where we would just play these drones for thirty minutes, and like, and I found out just how happy that made me, and like, and and just that kind of odd, like almost meditative quality to 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 music, which is something that, as it turns out, I've been doing in Yola Tango all along, right? And like, just just realizing how much that meant to me, and then all of a sudden, trying just learning more and more about it, and like, and and you know, having that inform and influence all the other music that I that I play and that I like and listen to I came to like a realization a couple of years ago that it's like it's like this is what I do for a living so I should do as much of it as possible yeah and and so you know I, I started thinking about writing songs on my own again I hadn't done that for a long time and and I've been remixing stuff and I just love it I, I just I, I I think I just I just went kind of as all in as I could you're like getting, as, as see, much as time allows you're getting looser with your just I, I feel like I, I I've tended to hold shit so tight you know mm. in, in, in times and I need to loosen up and and you're probably what eight eight ten years old I'm older than me I'm not sure how, how I'm 44 you're 44 I'm 34 right. so 10 years older like seems like you figured things out 10 years more you no, know I guess and yeah I it, mean so, in a way but like you know Every time you think you figured things out, you know you're just like, nope. <laughs> but that's that's life. It's all the constant evolution. But you know, I, I I think I don't know. There's something appealing to me about what you're what you're doing. You know, the, the, just fucking around with different groups, adding your two cents to this and that, and and uh, collaborating with multiple people. Like, 
in bed with everybody. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, yeah, that's that's Touching like, everything. that's very appealing to me, and and just to feel your community. I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm starting this podcast mm-hmm. is just to mm-hmm. like because I, I you know I have a lot of people that I kind of like know a little bit, but like just to sit down with somebody, have a conversation for yeah. you know 45 minutes, whatever, like get to know somebody a little better, you know, because yeah, without a doubt, that's what life is about to me is is uh, we're social creatures, right? Not me. No, I'm, I'm, I'm bad at that shit. But I mean, I'm, I, you know, I love you. I'll talk to you all day long. <laughs> Good. You got a, you got a place in my heart, man. Oh, you, well, you, you have a place in my heart, James, for sure, man. But no, I'm, 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 I'm not. One thing that's gotten worse as I've gotten older is like social anxiety, and yeah. I, I get worse at it. And like, if I'm in a super crowded, crazy room, I just, I just can't. I can't handle it anymore. What is that? Is that? Do you think that's a product of, of fame, that kind of thing? It doesn't feel like that at all. It just feels like it just it just no. Even if nobody like recognizes you in the room, it's it got nothing feels... to do with that. It's okay. just sort of like it's like ah, I, I, if, if if like um, we played a uh, we played a Maxwell's last night, yeah, which which is shutting down and and oh shit, and uh, it was so it was a big it was it was a real big deal. It was a real emotional show, and and it was it was amazing. It was really fun, and. Yeah. and um, but then at the end of the night, there were just so many people packed into the front room at Maxwell's, and it was so loud, and and I think all I wanted to do at that point, because I just, like, just blasted my hearing for, yeah. like, for, like, an hour or so, and, like, my head was ringing and spinning, and, like, and then it was just so loud that I couldn't hear anybody unless I was screaming into their ears. It's oh, just like, fuck it's that. Like, no. I, I just can't anymore. Oh, I'm right there with you, I, man. I, I can't. I don't... I don't drink but yeah. i mean like I, I i mean i'm not like tra- straight edge or nothing yeah. but like I, I just don't i don't drink socially very much so I it's like either. so i'm not a bar dude so i don't go and and hang out in, in like the loud bar environment e- either turns I'm, out I'm, turns out i'm not that good at parties either i'm right there so with you i'm right like, there with you i don't think any of that is strange at all yeah. i mean I, I mean i wish i could be normal and do stuff that, that other, and that's like normal other though. social think... stuff that people do but i i just See, I, my, I get worse at in it. In my mind, social stuff is like hanging out with one, two, three people, being able to actually have a conversation, you know, actually having some sort of transference of feeling and emotion and ideas, like as opposed to crowded bar situation where, you, yeah, you're trying to scream and you're trying to hear somebody you can't understand. I don't get anything from it. When you don't drink, that, to me, <laughs> yeah, that, like, that like, shit is about some kind of like hedonism sexual <laughs> thing right I it gotta be something rubbing up on people or something like that <laughs> I don't know that's like my only like and you know and, and as a non-drinker it's it's not comfortable yeah so I do a lot of quiet business yeah draw a lot I yeah. read okay I, you know what are you drawing I you hang I, I, I draw like like a lot of the things I do I draw kind of at like the level of like a 10 year old that's good. I uh, like that. But I draw a lot. Self, mostly self-taught. Yeah. Like kind of just figuring out how to do it better every every time, until I can finally do that kind of shading that I wanted to do. Right. Or right. Finally, understand a certain kind of perspective and like, like, oh hey, I finally figured it out it's, after after ten years of drawing the same thing over and over again. Is it like character stuff or is it? Yeah, like... it's mostly character stuff. Okay. It's uh, I can draw a uh, a bunny, a turtle, and an octopus. Wait, is that your is that shit. your art on the dump stuff? Yeah. Oh, I fucking love that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, 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 that's all mine. I didn't know that was you. Yeah. Oh, okay, great, <laughs> great, great. Oh, that's great shit. But I've done like some 
design stuff and like t-shirts for for stores and stuff like that yeah and, and i love it I, I i i have a great time doing that stuff it's, cool it's 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 a whole lot of fun that's another thing that i need to get back into you know i i grew up drawing and that was like my well you're art school guy right yeah, yeah and that was like my identity you know as a kid it was like oh mm-hmm. he's the drawing guy he's the kid that draws we had three <laughs> there was three kids in my elementary school the white kid, the black kid, and the Mexican kid, all the the drawers. And we hung out together, the three of us. Wow. And uh, I'll go talk to the drawers. <laughs> At one point, we did like a, we started selling drawings to kids, and it's 10 cents, you know, whatever. Nice. Nice. Uh, what do you want? You want Superman or That's Spider-Man? Right. Yo, I got Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, do the stuff you do. Yeah. It turns out you do it for a reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's so you can always make so many excuses why you don't do stuff. Oh, much, sure. But, yeah. Well, man, I, unfortunately, I got to go. Yeah. This dinner reservation at 3, 730. Where are you eating? Um, a place called, I'm going to tell you, and then you can tell me if it's good. I don't eat out here so much. Amber Steakhouse. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And well, my favorite my favorite song by the residents. I'm going steak. With, with I love steak. Good, good. I'm going with my buddy uh, Graham Marsh who uh Wait, you need take some speech classes for clarity, but I thought he was very warm. Okay, just read the thing, Don. All right, all right. This episode of The Wandering Wolf was produced and edited by Ben Sloan and Yanni Wolf. Don, it's Yoni. Nobody gives a shit, kid. Just finish the credits. You gotta let a professional do his work. You keep interrupting me. Sorry. Music for today's episode was... I can't be expected to pronounce that. You lay tangerine, I don't know. Yo la tango. I don't know what sort of brown heathen's language that is, but it's Whoa, certainly Don, not Don. God's English. Yo la tango. Most of the music on this episode was from Yo la tango. Come on, Don. From their latest release, Faith. Listen, Yanni, sue me for not learning a foreign language, but I believe that if you don't speak English, we probably won't see eye to eye. You're the, you're the last of a, of a dying breed, Mr. Jaliath. Thank you. <laughs> this episode also features the tunes of Aesop Rock and Kenya Dawson, Dread Zeppelin, Tiny Tim, and the rest of it. Okay, thank you, 
Mr. Goliath. Oh, you're welcome, Yanni. Uh, Donjamin Goliath appears courtesy of NASA. You don't have to say that anymore. I'm retired. Oh, okay. The North Bye-bye. American Softball Association can appear to be sucking Don, courtesy Don, of my left on. nut. I'm going to stop you there before you say something you'll regret. All right, all right. As always, I really appreciate you listening. It really is our pleasure to bring these episodes to you. Uh, find me on the internet and say hi. Chances are I'm lonely. You see, what sort of faggoty thing is that to say? Don. I'm sorry. You, you can't talk like I, that on here, man. I come from an era when a man was a man. And, st- and stop interrupting me. You know silent time. All right, look. Sorry. I'm sorry. About that. I don't even remember what I was saying. Have a great week. And above all, keep, keep wandering. Keep wandering. Like that.